Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with SYLA. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Scott White, who's the Managing Director of Waterman Solicitors. We understand that a lot of our members are understandably concerned about what the future holds in terms of traineeships and qualifying, and we thought that Scott would be an excellent guest to come and share his experiences of qualifying during the last financial crash in 2008 and 2009. Welcome Scott, thanks very much for coming along to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I like to start these podcasts, particularly when we've got um, interesting lawyers on, by talking about your journey into law. Um, Did you always know that you wanted to be a lawyer? I'm completely the opposite, actually. I I was your typical teenage teenage boy finishing school, had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I'd had a a fleeting interest in doing um, and becoming a journalist and I'd managed to get some work experience with a, a local newspaper. In Perth, where I grew up, and stayed in contact with the, the editor there. So when it came round to UCAS time, still had no idea what I wanted to do. So he'd advised me that if I if I had the, the grades or thought I could get the grades to, to put law on, on my UCAS form, um, I should do that. And I did, um, amongst a few other courses that, I, that I'd applied for. Went to a few open days and got a good feel for, for, for Dundee Uni. Um, and it was it was more on I think the feel for the university rather than the, the, the course at all that I'd I, I, I chose to, um, to to pick law to to study um, and that was that, that that was really as much thought as as went into it from from my side. Um, I then started my four year LLB, hated it, um, got to the end of it swore I was never going to be a lawyer um, and applied for numerous corporate graduate schemes and uh, over the course of my last year at, at, at uni and I got a few few different job offers. It was a great experience going through that because you were going, going up and down the country to different assessment centres for various big blue chip businesses and I ended up um, taking a, a job with BT on their graduate scheme which had me based between central London and Brentwood in Essex. So that was me, 22 years old, um, packed my little Renault Clio and drove down through the night from uh, from Dundee down to, um, down to the London-Essex border to start a new life and a new job with uh, with BT um, and thinking that was me. I was never, never ever going to come back to law. Um, I then, as tends to be the case when you're either was a, a trainee at a big firm or a um, you know a graduate in a big corporate organisation. There's there's a lot of events that you go to where the standard icebreaker is. Hi, I'm Scott. I work in this bit of the business. I went to this uni. This is what I studied. What do you what, what do you do? And the amount of people that you're saying that you you studied law to, they're like, why are you here? Why aren't you? Um, why aren't you a lawyer? I'd be working at Clifford Chance, making hundreds of thousands of pounds. You know, being a lawyer is amazing. You'll be, you'll be stinking rich. You know, and that, that'll never happen to you if you're working at working at, at BT. It did make me think, you know, have I maybe not given it a fair crack? Um, and I, the the time I joined BT was a, uh, it was a bit of an unusual time. It was. Uh, Given away my age a little bit, but um, it was at the time that BT had spent billions of pounds on 3G, um, 3G masts, um, which had put them into a serious amount of debt. And I think it, at the point they bought them, 
it was clear that 3G wasn't the future and 4G was about to come. And obviously 4G is now almost obsolete because we're about to get 5G. Um, so they, 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 were a, they were a business that were in, in a state of flux and they were it was very much kind of build that graduates can come in and shape the business. But actually when you join a business that's got 100,000 people or more working for it, you realise that you're an absolutely minute cog in a huge wheel, um, and actually, you know, the opportunity to affect change and, and get involved in proper process changes didn't, you know, it was never going to be there. So, long story short, I decided I, I should maybe come back and um, at least complete my training and see where a, a career in law would take me. I I'd done a a, a long uh, I'd done a degree on the English stream, which Dundee offered. So I had to do a year's retraining to pick up my my Scottish core subjects, and then um, I did the diploma in Dundee in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, um, and started my traineeship on the back of that. So yes, a very roundabout way of, uh, of getting into law for, for me, definitely not the, the the normal process, I don't think. And obviously, um, when you went back to uni, you decided to give law another go. Where did you see yourself sort of in, in 15 years' time, I suppose? I think having... Um, I, I haven't done a, 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 I worked all the way through the university. I worked for an insurance company um, at that time, which is ironic because I spend all my days suing insurance companies. Um, and then I obviously pursued the, the corporate graduate scheme. So I, I very much saw my legal career as looking to work within bigger firms and working on the working within the commercial side of law. The, probably the one. Um, subject that, that really appealed to me when I was studying was intellectual property law and having had I've got the opportunity to spend some time working in IP law when I was when I was doing the, the, the I think it was the last seat of my traineeship they made me realize that actually I didn't want to be an IP lawyer I, I like the idea of people inventing things and having um, good business ideas I didn't necessarily like the idea of sitting drafting or revising a 50-page contract to protect the IP rights so you did your traineeship with Thorntons in Dundee. How was that? Tell us about your traineeship. It was, yeah, it, it was my first experience of, uh, of being anywhere near a, a law firm. Um, and my only experience of a law firm up until starting my traineeship with, with Thorntons was um, I bought a flat when I was when I was nineteen. Um, so the benefit of going to go, going to Dundee Uni in early two thousands, they were literally giving property away at that point. So it was it was cheaper for my parents to give me a deposit for a flat than it was for them to pay rent on on a flat for me for for, for three years. So got a great start in life by um, by getting onto the, the the property ladder. And even even in then, I, I think I remember being in. Um, the solicitor's office for about five minutes when I was um, signing standard security or something like that to, to buy a house and that was literally all I knew about um, the solicitor's office I didn't do any sort of placements, I didn't do any work experience I really wish I had um, it might have opened my eyes a little bit to what I was going into I'm sure Thornton's wish that I probably had um, <laughs> because it was, a, it was a steep learning curve going, going in there my traineeship is a mixed bag in terms of both, you know, doing different types of work. It was your your traditional larger firm four seat traineeship where you you went across different departments for 
for, for six months. There was some some really good experiences in there, um, working with and for some some really good people. There were some not so good experiences there. Um, again, I think for me probably based on who, who I was working for at that time. But any any jobs got those uh, got got those pros and cons with it, um, and you know, it, it did. It did certainly give me give me a good grounding um, in, in in the start of my legal career. Unfortunately, I it seems to be a running theme for my career. I joined BT at a time it was in a bad place. I joined the the, the legal profession at a time that it was about to hit a really um, a really bad moment. So I started my traineeship in June uh, two thousand and seven, and things like the property market, financial market was. It was booming, um, and within about a year or so of my traineeship starting, then obviously there was the financial crash of 2008, which was um, really a, a a very difficult time to be to be in any place, um, let, let alone working in a, a law firm, which at the time were you know was very highly geared towards residential property sales and commercial property sales. So Thompson's had a a massive exposure to that market that suddenly collapsed overnight. And I suppose you'd be coming up to qualifying and finishing your traineeship um, as things were pretty tough in the market. How did that change your approach to qualifying and what concerns did you face at that time? I think as a whole, it just, it, 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 it woke me up a little bit to the fact that the job market was was real that you know this that, that this was for life you know as trainees you're you're relatively well protected you've got a you've got a fixed two year contract it's a tripartite contract between between you your your, your employer and the law society so I think bar for a couple of notorious exceptions and in, in around that period trainee roles were protected but. Whilst we were coming in and just getting on with what work there was that there was to do, and I've seen literally dozens of people who'd you know, given uh, a good chunk of their their, their life's work to um, a, a, a business that they loved working for, leaving leaving the office in tears with you know, boxes of their stuff, and that was you know, that was the, the the end of their their, their career there, or at least for a short time. Um, so it, it did. It, it did make me realise that you know, tough times can come, and, and and that they do come on a, a relatively regular basis within um, you know, the, the, the financial cycles of the world. And ultimately, I think it kind of planted the seed with me to say, you need to you need to make the, the best of every opportunity that comes your way. And you know, when when the music stops next time, you don't want to be the one walking out of, uh, walking out of an office with a box in your hand. Not knowing what your what, what your next move is going to be, um, it, my my plans in terms of my traineeship were that um, I feel I probably needed to get away from Dundee. I'd been there as a student. I'd come back. I'd been working there for for, for a couple of years, and I fancied moving on. Um, and I, I didn't see myself staying at Thorntons in the longer term. Anyway, I still had this sort of big firm ambition um, in, in, in my head um, at, at the time. So my plans probably would have been to move on post-qualification, 
but actually what the the market looked like post qualification was very different to what I thought I was uh, I, I I was going to be um, stepping into um, when I qualified in in the two thousand and nine. And so, how did you approach um, qualifying, looking for jobs um, when the market was going through such a, a tough time? Um, I, I, I approached it by speaking to. Um, I think it leads as many um, recruitment consultants as I as I could at the time. It was obviously a difficult time for them as well. Um, they had loads of candidates and probably not not particularly many jobs to, to place those candidates in, which is is never a good thing for for, for that industry. Um, I, I think in in having those conversations, you got a really good feel in terms of who potentially had your had your back and who was genuinely interested in it as a candidate and who was just looking at you as the as the next meal ticket for the for, for their commission and I, I, I would say that's still the same in terms of the the, the recruitment in the industry that there's still people I speak to that, that are my go-to people now um, as an employer if we're if we're recruiting um, and there's people that I definitely wouldn't accept a CV or, or, or an email or a phone call from but within the recruitment industry based on how you've seen people act um, at, at the tougher times in the, the market and that's, that's one piece of advice I pass on to anyone either as an employer or, a, or as someone that's that's looking for a job is that uh, be be selective in terms of the, the, the recruitment consultants that you speak to because there are like any industry there's good and bad out there um, I'm not going to name names because that would be a bit unfair um, but knowing who was who was going to be kind of putting your your name out in the best possible way was important and I think just being willing to, to, to rip up the plan that you had in your head in terms of saying right well say for me I, I thought I wanted to be an IP lawyer so IP was meant that you were looking at big commercial firms those were the firms that were making probably the biggest amount of layoffs so you just have to part that idea and say it's not going to happen you're going to have to uh, have to look at the different alternatives um i had uh, spent six months of my traineeship and the six months i enjoyed the least in my in my traineeship um working in personal injury and in, uh, in thornton's edinburgh office i had a a really tough time there and you know, I, I, I'd actually probably contemplated chucking my traineeship um, at several points during that, uh, that, that that six months so the the prospect of being a litigator um, was you know was, was probably bottom of my my, my list um, all things being equal but it became clear that the only jobs that were coming up were in things like the corporate restructuring which I had no experience of um, or, or or litigation, so it, it was a, a case for me of saying, well, how can I maybe try and make the best of what was a, a bad experience for me in those six months, um, and uh, try and um, make my experience and make my CV look like it wasn't the six months that I wanted to forget, which it, up until then it had been. Um, so. Uh, that that was that, that again. That was the, the approach I'd I'd taken with it was to you know to, to look to structure my CV based on the areas where I thought there was that there was the best chance of me getting a getting a job. So 
Whereas uh, it was all you know, headed up at the top, you know, this guy's brilliant at commercial and corporate stuff, and you know, he's looking to you know, launch himself into the into the world of, of IP law and all the rest of it. It became um, you know, keen, hardworking litigator, um, looking for look, looking to make the, the the next step. From from there, it was like I was like series of people like writing a singles ad, you know. <laughs> Uh, you're you're definitely trying to put your uh, put your best best foot forward. Um, so kind of restructure that. And again, that was done with help from some of the good recruitment people that I'd I, I'd worked with. You know, there was a there was a good bit of guidance from there. So it was just that willingness to be able to be able to listen to to, to good advice and saying, well, you, know, you might want to work here, but actually there isn't going to be a job here, so you need to. You need to broaden your horizons. You need to be willing to consider what, you know, whatever opportunities there there might be in different areas. And that uh, CV reshuffle seemed to work, and you managed to get yourself a job in litigation after qualification. I did, yes, um, and um, I, I, I I remember getting the phone call when I uh, when I was offered that job. I was driving back from a. a a, a, a long weekend down in in England, and I think I almost uh, came off the the, the M6 at one uh, whilst I was on the phone, um, hands free on my stand. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, just 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 a delight and shock and knowing that I I had a job because you know there was it was eight of us at Thornsons that were all all in the same position, and obviously you know dozens and hundreds more up and down the country that were were going going after. Um, the, the, Basically the same job. Um, I, I think I was told at the time that it was over a hundred people had applied for the single job that I I'd gone for um, at at Thompson's and um, yeah, I was just delighted to get it. I I'd be absolutely fair that I I think everybody you know, puts their best foot forward in their interview and um, you know talks her talks a very good game about you know how how involved they were in things my cv was and an experience was very much kind of stretched to bursting point in terms of um you know how much or how involved i was but um i've always uh, i've always had the ability to um talk a good game anyway and it managed <laughs> to go into a job there um which was uh, that that was very much my my proper introduction to, to, to personal injury law and uh, the reward for getting the job was here you go, we're, uh, we're, we're welcome to Thompson's, here's a very large caseload, get your head down and get on with it um, and yeah, it was it was very much a baptism of fire and um, I think it felt like being chucked in at the deep end, fortunately I managed to Learn to swim, uh, not without you know my head going under the water a few uh, a few times. I must say, particularly in the in the first few months, but I did, did manage to find my feet with it and actually found that well, I'm going to say I, I was I was quite good at it. They might disagree, <laughs> um, but um, it, it it gave me a gave me a really good grounding and uh, taught me that I was good at something that I had never considered that I, I'd either want to do or that I could be good at. And now you find yourself sitting here managing director of a very profitable and successful uh, firm. How did that journey come about? Is that what you always saw yourself doing, becoming uh, an MD or a partner? 
I, I think when I uh, when I, when I think back to applying for uh, uni places, applying for jobs, I, I still had no idea, and probably even going through my, my traineeship and qualifying into Thompson's, I, 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 there was a gap for me. I didn't know who I was and what I wanted to be. And I, I think the overarching thing for me was that I, I, I did always want to work for myself. I always want to have my, my own business. I, I'm thinking right back to, to being younger, that's that's what appealed to me. Being being a businessman, making uh, making deals, making money was um, was one of the things that, that always always drove drove me on. It was one of the things that got me interested in and gave me good skills for for, for personal injury work. That the you know the, you're you're essentially doing deals for your clients, um, and I got a buzz out of that. Um, and yeah, so so I think from that point of view and. Also, from the point of view of having been through the, you know, the the, the difficulty of the credit crunching um, in the early stages of my, my legal career, and as I say, I didn't want to be the person that next time round was you know in tears and carrying a box out uh, at the office, which I saw so many people, you know, being in that unfortunate position. I I, I thought, well, if you're at least leading a firm and um, and, and running things, you've got. A bit more control and a bit more of an idea of what's coming up around the corner because essentially that's your job as um, the the owner of a business and you know, when you when you're employing people, that's your duty to your to, to your staff is to protect them um, and protect your business from the difficulties that you're you're likely to face as well as making the best of the opportunities that are that, that are going to come your your, your way. Um, but obviously, that Thompson's you know, that that opportunity wasn't really there. Um, in, in personal life, I got married. I was uh, I'd then gone from living in Glasgow to living in Edinburgh, and commuting to Glasgow, and it wasn't it wasn't any fun. Um, other than getting a little sleep on the train in the morning and stuff like that, it was yeah, it, 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 it kind of took its toll on, on on me having to having to do that commute. So my my initial move to to join in Waterman's was was driven out of not wanting to commute to Glasgow. I'd applied for a, an internal job that Thompson's had in the Edinburgh office and didn't get it, um, and didn't really get what I felt was a suitable explanation as to why that, that why I didn't get it. Um, so it, it got me it, it got me back on the um, the recruitment trail and picked up with again the kind of two or three people that I I, I thought were better to deal with. Um, when I when I got my my first job, spoke to them, said I was looking for something in Edinburgh. Was there anything coming up? And then hadn't really heard anything out of the blue. Got this uh, this phone call about this firm called Waterman's who had a job going, and my first thought was, "Who are Waterman's? Never heard of them. Um, they they can't be any good." <laughs> um, so I'm. Did what everybody does, stick stick their name into Google. Um, first tick in the box was that they were ten minutes along the road from where I was living at the time, so that that that, that definitely ticked the commuting box for for me. Um, and I my, my my first proper bit of research on it was speaking to speaking to some defenders, um, and insurance companies, defender solicitors, um, just 
guys that, that, that you were used to dealing with on the other side of by the way, have you heard of these guys? Do you know anything about them? And um, for the most part, they weren't they weren't that well known. It was a very small firm at the time. Um, but the feedback that I got was, was generally quite positive. Um, so I thought, well, nothing to lose. Let's go along for the interview, see what, see what it's like. Um, I did notice from their website that you know, there was there was Neil Wasserman who was the who was the founding partner, there was another partner at the time and there wasn't really anyone else in, in, in terms of qualified staff. So part of me um did have the wheels turning to think, well, you know, there could be an opportunity here if I come in, I prove myself there's nobody in front of me, uh, this guy's looks late fifties, early sixties. Um, he might not be about forever, so who who knows? Um, and went and had my had my first interview with Neil. We got on really well. Um, typical Neil Watson, it wasn't the most structured interview in the world. It was just more of a kind of general get to know chat. And I I left feeling really positive from it, thinking yeah, there might be be something there. Didn't hear anything for about two two and a half weeks. So I'd phoned. The recruitment consultant had, had put me in touch about the job. I just said, look, if, uh, I'm assuming it's a no, but it would be good to know either way. She was like, I've not heard anything from him. I've been trying to phone him for, for ages. I think he's maybe on holiday. Um, so I was, was a little bit annoyed. And then I think she'd phoned back about a week or so later and said, I've managed to get in touch with Neil. He really liked you. He'd like to get you in for a second interview. So... Um, went along, had the second interview, and um, it was it was a bit like a carbon copy of the first interview. That we weren't really covering off any other any other ground, and um, I got to the point. I said, "Can I ask you a question?" He said, "Yeah, sure, fire away." I said, "Is there?" I said, "How many people have you taken to second interview stage?" He said, "You're the only person that I've asked for a second interview." I said, okay. Ask you another question, and he, he said, Yeah, I said, What is stopping you offering me the job just now? In terms of what other information do you need to know? What reservations have you got um, of me at the moment? I said, Because to be honest, after this, I'm about to head into town, I need to get a train to Glasgow. I'm going to the office. I said, There's nothing I would like more than to hand my notice in and come and see you in a month's time. Um, as, as as your new solicitor, and he went, well, no, there isn't really anything. I said, well, just want to offer me the job then. And he went, ah, okay. <laughs> so we uh, we literally did a handshake deal then, um, and uh, that was kind of how how it started and how how, how it went on for 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 me at Wasserman's. I I got the opportunity to obviously come in and be working for Neil. I, I, I got. An increasing amount of responsibility at a very early stage when I joined in, in October. As I mentioned, there was another partner there who um, Neil um, put out the business at the at the end of the end of that that year. So less than within two months um, of, of being in, um, he'd, um, he'd removed the other partner from from there, which was the other obstacle for me to to to, to progressing on. Um, and I'd, uh, I'd, I'd kind of seized the opportunity by, he spoke to me at the time and said, this is what I'm looking to do. And I said, well, look, whatever it takes, I'm happy to step in, take on all our casework 
um, and you know what, whatever else is needed in terms of in terms of leading the team that's there. Um, and he was he was willing to give me that you know, that opportunity at the time to be able to to you know, take what was a huge step up, and I was I, I, I wasn't even two years qualified at that stage. Um, so yeah, there was a there was a lot of it where you were winging it to be perfectly honest, um, and it, it, it gave me the opportunity to you know really test my my ability, my resolve, and and fortunately it's worked out well. Um, we, we, we were able to to tackle um, that work. I I had probably one of one of the lowest points in my legal career, and you know, shortly after taking taking that that case that that work on because we had a um, a case which the um, the previous partner time barred, um, and I had to I had the, an experience that I never ever want to repeat, and uh, having to run a, 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 a section 19A argument to um, try and um, allow us to have the case back in, I and mean, then we were. You know, we had absolutely no right or no 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 chance to, to run that argument, but we we we, we tried um, and we got an absolute kicking, um, and you know hearing your firm getting absolutely taken to bits um, in, in in court is no no fun at all, um, but it was you know again it's something that kind of steals you for uh, you know for for the tough decisions that you have to make in in life and in business. Um, and you know, it's, it's something that we've, you know, we've had never to never to be in that position. It, it, it made me all the more um, aware that, yeah, you know, this was something that was completely not my doing. But you know, because I was a solicitor dealing with it, I was the one who got um, who, who got the the eyes of the court on me, which was was no fun. Um, and it, it's meant that we've. We've worked much better, much sharper as a, a as a result. But you know, notwithstanding that particularly bad experience, there were some there were some great cases that I, I, I got me involved in. We had some some, some really good results. We've got cases moved on that maybe been sat dormant for a long period of time, um, and I got I, I, it allowed me to get the team that was there working well alongside me. We built them up. The business was was going well. We were we were winning more business, and um, you know, I very much had had, had Neil's trust in, in in my role as um, you know what very quickly become a sort of head of, lit- head of litigation role. Um, Neil and I then ended up having a conversation early 2013, um, where he was saying that he was looking to to take a step back, and would I be interested in? Um, Either becoming a partner or taking over the over the business, um, and that led to a very drawn out um, year, which twenty thirteen was, where we were getting on very well and we were very much in agreement on the, on the future. Then we were getting on not so well, and um, ultimately we we managed to get to the stage in um, late September uh, twenty thirteen, where we, we got a deal that worked for both sides and. Um, allowed me to to be able to achieve my aim, which was to uh, to, to take over as as managing director of uh, of Waterman's in uh, in January 2014, um, and it, it then put me in the the challenge of you know, having 
having what I wanted, um, but then having all the responsibility on my on my shoulders, and you know, it's uh, every every stage like is like that. It's like when you qualify as a solicitor, that's when you start to become a solicitor. Uh, it's like learning to drive. You know, you learn to uh, you pass your test, and then you learn to drive. Um, I got the opportunity to take over, and that gave me the you know my the, the day one of my education and and running my own business. And obviously you've said that you went from being somebody who thought um, about a career in a big corporate firm, doing sort of commercial IP sort of thing, to then working in a firm where essentially it got to the stage where it was you and one other qualified member of staff being the partner. What would you say to people who are maybe in that boat just now where they had thought about being part of a big firm? Maybe because a lot of the university preparation is kind of focused and geared towards that um, who now might be thinking well, should I be considering a different type of firm what what sort of advice would you maybe give to people in that situation I th- think it's hard and yeah you're absolutely right I think I think universities are, are probably geared more towards if you go to a law fair uh, you know it's the big guys that turn up and obviously the, you, you gravitate to their table because they've got water bottles they've got haribos they've got um, you know all the nice stuff Small firms generally don't have the time or, or, or resource either to attend these things, let alone go and you know, spend a lot of money on you know nice fancy free free giveaway things. So people don't necessarily get the chance to see what small firms are, are, are like, and that was very much the case for me. When I, I, I was applying for a traineeship, I only applied for I applied for um, two two firms actually. Um, one was a big corporate in Edinburgh who strangely invited me in for an interview. I don't know why, um, but it was a very short interview, and we knew that we weren't we weren't going to get anywhere um, with it. And the second one was was Thornton. So, you know, fortunate lapses, and I, you know, my CV didn't go out lots of places, and I, you know, I hadn't garnered much experience of other other firms in that that time. But I, I think. Now there, there's a greater need for people to get experience of um, working in a firm's like. Um, certainly, you know, it, it's, it's something that we'll look at when we're when we're recruiting. I think every, every firm will, um, and I think whilst it makes sense for people to to be applying for the formal um, summer placements and internship schemes at, at bigger firms, because it's you know it's the most structured way of being able to get and add that experience onto your, your CV. Looking at smaller firms as well um, is, is probably something that people should be doing because generally a small firm will always be happy um, or will always have something that, that, that needs doing there and you know, there's a good chance that you're, you're probably going to get a bit more of hands-on experience um, going in there. I'm maybe doing big firms a disservice in saying that because I say I've never... Uh, I've never worked in a big, big firm. I've never, and I've never done a, a a summer placement there. But you know, chances of you getting to speak to a multinational client um, as a as a summer interim is probably significantly smaller than you getting the chance to speak to Joe Public, who's coming in to make an inquiry about a will, for example, um, at, at a smaller firm. So um, again, I think it goes back to broadening your horizons and being. Being willing to, um, to 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 look at what what uh, what other opportunities come your way, and um, 
I I, th- I think there's there's two different types of people. You know, you're, you're like, there's there's big firm people who want to be part of a a, a bigger, uh, more corporate structure because it, it suits them. It suits how they work. It suits their their, their aspirational profile. And there are other people I think who are better suited to um, to work in in smaller firms um, and you know, the the less structured and maybe more hands-on um, approach that comes with that. And I, I'm probably a great example of someone who um, had pigeonholed himself as being a yeah you're you're a big firm a, you know a corporate entity type person and I've ended up. Being the complete opposite, and now the the, the prospects are they're coming in and time recording and um, they're working within a, a larger corporate entity. You know, having to sell my ideas to fifty partners doesn't interest me in the in, in the slightest. Whereas, start my career, I, I very much thought that that was that, that was the only the, the only way. And why would you why would you consider any, anything else? Hmm. Um, generally speaking, there's obviously a lot of people going through a tough time now, whether it's um, looking for a traineeship in these uncertain times, uh, looking for an NQ job, not quite sure how to approach coming up to qualification. You've been through that um, back in the last economic recession. What tips would you give people for getting through that period and um, making the most of it? I think, particularly in, in terms of applying for the job, it's, it's making yourself stand out, and that's that's hard um, because there's there's so much of you know the, the, of our, our training that is um, you know, it, it kind of makes us all the same. Um, it's making your it's making your personality stand out. It's making your your other experiences um, uh, either out with law or whether it's within more whether within a job that you've done, um, stand out. Certainly, from my point of view, if I'm bringing people into the business, particularly as a trainee, I want people who you know know what a job's all about um, to to come in. Um, it's not a yes, it's a it's a training ground in terms of developing your um, your legal skills, but. You, know, you need to come in with a work ethic. You need to come in, you know, willing to, um, you know, to to be able to push that bit harder than 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 other uh, other people. Um, I was speaking with a um, recruitment consultant over over LinkedIn a, a few weeks ago, and she put a, a thing out about tips for putting your, your your CV together. And I said, you're you're absolutely right in what you're saying, but actually, all that means is that. For me, as an employer, I'm just going to get a load of CVs that look the same. You get a, um, a trainee or a prospective trainee or prospective newly qualified solicitor that comes in. The CV starts with their name, tells me that they did really well at school, which all of us did. You know, we don't become a solicitor in, uh, unless you've got good grades. All of us did really well at uni. Again, you don't become a solicitor unless you, unless you did. Um, and you know, all the advice is. Your CV shouldn't be any more than two pages long or three pages long. There's a page and a half of the same for everybody um, on, on their CV, and it's how it's how it's how you make it. You make yourself stand out within that. 
I think we last time we were created for, for trainee solicitors, we had 175 applications for three jobs. Um, with the best will in the world, that gives me about 30 seconds to look at a CV. Um, so it's uh, uh, treat your CV like your elevator pitch. If you're, you're in an elevator going from third floor to the ground floor, you've literally got you know, 20, 30 seconds if you want to um, pitch an, an idea. That's what your CV is. So it's, uh, it's it's making sure that you're you know your best foot forward. If a job application says give us a covering letter and a CV, make sure it's a good covering letter. Make sure it's bespoke to the job that you're applying for. Make sure your CV is tailored to the job that you're applying for. As I said, you know I, I was qualifying. I had to change mine from being you know, very commercial focused to being very litigation focused. Now was that the, was that how I actually felt at the time? No, but. That's where the jobs were. That's where I wanted wanted to pitch myself, and it meant that when my CV went to that firm, it uh, appeared to them that I um, I wanted to work in that area, and then I was able to back it up within within the interview to you know, to, to continue the the sales pitch essentially to get to get myself the job. Um, it's uh, it's going back to the fact that yeah, we're you know you're qualified as solicitors. Um, we're not necessarily salespeople. We are salespeople. The the first thing that you're selling your is yourself. You you need sales skills in every job that, that that you go for because it's very rare that it's only you that's in for, that's in for a job. Um, you're always going to be competing against um, people. Firstly, to get the job and then potentially to progress within the, the, the job that, that you're in. So it's working on your ability to sell yourself as an individual, um, you know, set your standards high and uh, and push yourself to make the make the best of every opportunity that comes your way. It's not easy. You're, you know, you're going to get setbacks. Um, you're going to get situations like this that come along that you know, nobody predicted and... Um, a lot of people you think how you know how, how do you pick yourself back up for, from that but it's you know it's trying to take the positives out of it where you, where, where you can and trying to you know be the first person back on your feet and ready to you know ready to you know work hard again once um you know the situation is over and there are some people that are being furloughed at the moment and um, that find themselves with a bit extra time on their hands, um, but also with those career concerns in the future. How do you think that young lawyers can be using this time to develop their personal and, and professional um, sides in this kind of different period that we're going through? Um, yeah, that's a, I wish I had some spare time at the moment. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to say, I'm uh, so not, not furloughed and then um, I, I get the battle of... Uh, Trying to get two two kids who are anti sleep um, to, to to bed when uh, when I get home. But um, yeah, it, it, it's a unique opportunity in terms of um, having a ha- having a pause within your your, your working career. I mean, for most people, it's you know getting a week or ten days to recharge the batteries on on holiday somewhere, and you know that that passes in the blink of an eye. Um, I, I think. Take, you know, take the time to take stock. What, what, what is it you want to do? What, make, make a bit of a plan. Um, you know, don't 
expect that that plan will completely follow follow course without any bumps in the road. But um, actually, you know, plot a bit of a course for yourself. Give your you know, make yourself a say it's a, a three or five year plan in terms of where are you just now. So if that's the case of you're you're looking for a traineeship, um, you know focusing on the areas that you want to go in you want to go into and and making a stronger play for those areas as you possibly can as I say with a you know, tailored TVs tailored covering letters if it's a if it's an NQ role that you're you're looking for at, at the moment um having a having a real think about areas that you're either working in just now or actually areas that you've maybe not had the chance of, of working in um that appeal to you um that give you a real, you know, that, that you think will give you a buzz, um, and that you can you can throw your yourself into, um, and you know, if it's particularly if it's an area that you've you're not familiar with, brushing up on what's happening in that area, being um, you know, being able to speak about it, and being able to come in and uh, and offer something a bit different to, um, to to an employer. That's you know, that that's the things to, to focus on. I mean, you know, by all means, learn a foreign language. Um, you know, perfect your yoga skills, or you know, all the various other uh, on online things that that, that that are being being promoted. Um, uh, say that kind of jokingly, but you know, actually, like spending the time finding a you know finding a, a happiness in in yourself. It's a it's a demanding and stressful profession that we're we're in, and um, you know, I, I think read over the kind of stats from you know increased levels of stress and things that that, that come with it. So it's you know I, I, even just working on things that that find dealing with the day to day the profession um, a, a bit easier. That's hard doing that just now. Obviously, if, you know, for people who are who are furloughed, that they're on a reduced salary at the moment, and there's a lot of uncertainty about what 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 the world what the world faces. So you know maybe that is a harder thing to be to be focusing on. But it's it's using the time productively. It's you know no no one really wants to know if you come back and you've you know you, you, you've um, you know perfected the art of uh, you know being able to juggle five balls or anything like that. It's you know, uh, it's being able to come back from this and feeling like you've either survived it well and 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 you know used the opportunity to develop yourself a, a bit further and ultimately think about who you're going to be selling yourself to as a um, as a, as an up and coming lawyer. So, you know, what will appeal to either your your current employer or a future employer? And. Ending on hopefully a lighter note, what are you and your family um, doing to survive this lockdown and make the most of it? Um, we are, yeah, we, we're, we're quite lucky. We've got um, a, a bit of, I'd say we've been lucky with the weather. It's pouring a rain today, so it's uh, that, that, that's, that's me probably cursed it for the remainder of lockdown. But up until now, the weather's been really good. So we've just been, been enjoying some good family time. Um and I've uh, yeah just uh, enjoyed maybe not having a, you know, as many things on at the, the the weekends, getting home a bit earlier because my commute's taking me less time than it that than it normally does, and um, just yeah just 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 making the 
making the best of it, uh, um, try, trying to get that, that, that quality time in, um, trying to get them to perfect going to sleep a bit better so it gives me a bit, a bit more downtime in the evening. We feel miserably at that. Um, I, I think one of the, one of the other things is, is kind of the, the contact with people. I've, I've probably spoken to more people that I haven't spoken to for a while um, in, in this time and I've spoken to people for longer um, because I think either whether you're, you you share a, a house or a flat with someone or you you're on your own, everybody's a little bit sick of speaking to the same person, um, so they're they're more willing to speak to um, other people. So just you know, just spending that time to you know, pick up with business contacts, friends. Uh, for me, it's been. In case I find a lot of the team and just asking how, how, how they're, they're getting on and you know, I think the, the willingness for people to support one another has been you know, been really encouraging through through all this. Um, I, uh, I, I I haven't been um, the one thing I haven't been doing this time is probably keeping up with the with my exercise routine and that's coupled by the fact that my uh, one of my wife's kind of big things through this is that she's been doing loads of baking so I'm on a double negative on that so when it, lockdown does ease I'm going to have to ease off the chocolate muffins and eat it and ease back into the gym um, that is going to be properly painful but we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it Yeah I don't think you're the only one in that boat but thank you very much Scott for joining us uh, and I'll uh, speak to all you listeners soon